The Productive Woman, Episode 242. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me and welcome. In this episode, I'm looking forward to sharing with you my conversation with entrepreneur and mom, Joanna Parker. You'll find more information about Joanna, along with links to resources she recommends and the ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 242. This episode is brought to you by Gusto. If you have a business or you know someone who does, you probably know that small business owners wear a lot of hats. And some of those hats are totally great, but some of them are not so great. I'm thinking of things like taxes and payroll and those sorts of things. Well, that's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, and HR actually easy for small businesses. They offer fast, simple payroll processing, benefits, and expert HR support all in one place. Gusto automatically pays and files your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it, and they make it easy to add on things like health benefits and even 401ks for your team. Three out of four customers say Gusto makes compliance easier and it integrates with your favorite tools to make your life easier. Tools like QuickBooks, Xero, Google, and more. Those old school clunky payroll providers just were not built for the way modern small businesses work, but Gusto is. So let them wear one of your many hats because you have better things to do. The great thing is that Productive Woman listeners get three months free when they run their first payroll. So try a demo and see for yourself at gusto.com slash TPW. That's gusto, G-U-S-T-O, gusto.com slash TPW. I am so pleased to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Joanna Parker. Joanna is an entrepreneur. She's the founder of a company called Yumble, an an interesting name that I'll I'll be sure to ask her about, and the mom to three young children. And I have really been looking forward to talking with her about how she's making a life that matters. So welcome, Joanna. Thank you, Laura. It's really wonderful to be here. Well, I've been looking forward to this conversation for lots of reasons, but you're doing a lot of interesting things. And I'm, I I know my listeners are going to be interested to hear how you're doing all those things and maybe a little bit of why you're doing those things. But um, before we get started, maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit more about who you are and where what you do, where you are, whatever you think would be interesting for us to know as background for the conversation you and I are going to have. Sure. So I am in Englewood, New Jersey. I live here with my husband and my three children. They are nine years old, seven years old, and four years old. Mm. In addition to raising my three children, I am also the founder of a company called Yumble. Uh, Yumble is a weekly subscription of fully prepared, delicious, healthy meals designed just for children, delivered straight to the doors of busy parents. Mm. My children are my original taste testers, my original customers. So it's really a, a family project. My husband works alongside with me together. 
And between Yumble and my husband and my children, my days are very full. Yeah, no doubt. I'm going to want to talk to you a bit about how you started Yumble and how you chose that name and, uh, you know, why you started and those things. And we're going to talk a little about how you're managing all these things. But before we get into the kind of the nitty gritty of how you, I hesitate to say balance, because that's such a loaded term, but how you manage all the various things you're doing, it's helpful to have some context for the, the tools you use and the processes you use. And so if there is such a thing for you as a typical day, what might that look like? Uh, there definitely is a typical day. And I think that's part of how I kind of juggle everything. My mornings start pretty early. I, I wake up and I exercise uh, in time to be home for when my children wake up. So that from about seven o'clock until 830, I'm 100% in mom mode. That's my daily time with my children, uninterrupted with breakfast, getting dressed, talking about their days and what they can expect, and driving them to school and, and dropping them off. At 8.30 when I come home, that's when my yumble hat goes on. And my husband and I commute to the city together, to New York City, and spend pretty much a full day with our team in Soho, in New York. And between meetings and interviews and you know getting my teammates on board... My day is filled until about, I would say, 6.30, at which point my husband and I drive home together. We have our end-of-day meeting and our drive home sync up with each other so that when we return home at about 8 o'clock, we can temporarily take off our yumbo hats and you know give our at least two older children who are still awake a little attention, check homework, tuck them into bed. And then usually, even though we say we're not going to talk more about Yumble, uh, <laughs> we usually finish the day talking a little bit more about that. So it's really a, a turning on and off of a couple different hats throughout the day. Well, yeah, I mean, when you've got a a profession, a business that is also a passion and your you know, the family's involved in it, it's not surprising that you'd be talking about it sort of after hours. For sure. And it really is a family project, you know, because my husband and I work on it together, my kids are really involved and they always hear us talking about it and they get super excited when our weekly delivery arrives to see what new meals we have or what fun inserts we've decided to throw into the box this week. And they really are, you know, inspirations to the product in so many ways. So you're a subscriber as well as, as the founder of the company. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, let's talk about that for a minute, because this is obviously one of the tools and we'll get more into the, the other things you're using to manage things. But um, you've you've briefly told us what Yumble is. First of all, I have to ask, where did the name come from? It's so funny. We get asked that all the time. The name really came from David. My husband is super creative. And he was playing around with different names and we wanted something that connoted the idea of food, but not so spot on that it was so obvious or that the product was going to be limited to something specific that we chose. So we loved that it had the word yum in it, mm. um, but we also loved that it didn't mean anything and that we could kind of own whatever definition we wanted to assign to it. We also, when we came up with the name, we had thought about a series of characters, which today have yet to be fully fleshed out, but I hope uh, in the near term they will be. And these are characters called the Yumbles who would kind of, if you could picture kind of the Keebler elf, that was a little bit of the inspiration, but sort of stumbling and fumbling and bumbling throughout the kitchen um, to make our Yumble meals. And, 
you know, one of our most popular meals is our chicken pops. And it's basically a healthy chicken nugget wrapped, rolled in panko crumbs with a lollipop stick stuck in to make it really fun for kids. Yeah. And we joke that the yumbles, you know, tripped over something or stumbled. And that's how the lollipop stick got stuck in there. Um, <laughs> so there was supposed to be a little bit of a story behind each of the meals and why the yumbles kind of created them. But when I heard when I heard the, the name yumble, I just loved it. And the sound of it just sounded kind of perfect to me. Yeah, for for a, a a meal kind of program that's for children, sure, that totally makes sense. I love it, and and I read on your website that the, that this all sort of started with your own efforts to get food on the table for for your family, for your, particularly for your kids. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I know from my experience personally, and also from talking with listeners, the conversations we have in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group and in the the productive Woman mastermind groups. This is something a lot of us struggle with. Um, you know, my kids are grown and gone, but when you have kids in the house, getting food on the table that they will actually eat and that is good for them is a perpetual challenge. So, talk a little bit about how how this whole idea was born and and um, turned into the business that you have now. I think you hit the nail on the head with. The challenge for mothers today of, and, you know, even a generation ago, but getting healthy food on the table that you're happy with the ingredients and that your kids actually want to eat mm. day after day after day after day is a humongous challenge and stress and, and a lot of frustration when the kids are young, because as we all know, you can serve your children one thing one day and they love it. And then the next day they look at you like you're from Mars when you suggest that they eat it. Mm -hmm. So there's just so much frustration that can come with mealtime preparation for children. And I've always been a very strong believer that, you know, when a mom is stressed, that that translates into the children. Mm -hmm. And so we always, you know, we have, we have several missions at Yummo, but one of them is to alleviate mealtime stress for parents, allowing mealtime to actually be a time that's enjoyable where if mom can relax and doesn't feel stressed, then hopefully the children are not stressed. And there's such a higher likelihood that they'll actually engage with the food, talk to mom and dad about something other than what they are or are not eating, uh, but rather more substantial conversations. But getting back to what you were asking me about my personal pain point. So I really found it terribly frustrating. And my kids were not even, you know, what people would call bad eaters. But I found that getting meals in front of them every single day, you know, by 5 p.m., which is when a lot of children want to eat, even when I was a stay-at-home mom, was really challenging. And it was consuming a lot of my time, and I was getting very frustrated. And I turned to David, my husband, and I said, this is just – like I'm at my wit's end. And he said, all right, well, why don't you do something about it? Why don't you see if you're the only person who has this problem? So what I decided to do is post anonymously on a Facebook mommy group uh, outside of my – personal community. Uh, I wanted very objective, you know, customers. So I posted, does anybody want me to cook their children a week's worth of dinners? Mm. And we were actually driving up to Vermont for the weekend with our children. And my phone started dinging like crazy. People were just like, yes, 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 yes. They didn't know who I was. They didn't know what I was cooking, uh, but they were so desperate for help on getting healthy food in front of their children. And so I quickly turned around from our vacation and, you know, cooked about, I think it was about 30 meals. I took the first 10 customers. I put everybody else on a wait list just because I didn't have the, the bandwidth yeah. or the know-how at that time. And I cooked, packaged, and delivered my first 10 customers meals. 
And after I delivered the meals, I did sort of like a little survey to follow up. And each of the 10 customers wanted me to do it again for them next week. Mm. And that was when it sort of clicked for me that this needed to be a subscription. Mm -hmm. This was an incessant pain point that if parents have it today, they're going to have it, you know, next week and the week after. And probably will happen for a good decade Mm -hmm. until their children are, are more independent. And that's really how it all took off. Wow. It seems now hearing about it, um, you know, what you're doing there, it seems like, well, duh, of course, there's a need for something like this. Why didn't somebody come up with it before? And, you know, you can go to the store and buy, I don't know, I don't buy food for small kids now, except when our granddaughters are here. But, um, you know, there's those Lunchables and things like that. But yeah, I personally, I always kind of hesitate to get those because I just I don't I'm not sure what's in there. And so hearing about what you're doing and having it actually just delivered to the home, what a great, you know, obviously there are lots of businesses that do that now, lots of subscription services for meals, but I I haven't heard of another one that's targeting this particular need, you know, for moms with young kids who are sometimes a little more challenging to, to, to get them to eat what's good for them. Yeah. And, you know, there are kind of a few things that separate us from the other meal delivery services that are booming right now. One is, yes, we are designed just for kids and there are not many that do that. But the other is that we're fully prepared and we're not a meal kit. Mm. So so parents don't have to do anything. They mm. can come home, they pop it into either the microwave or the oven. And in under 90 seconds, they have a healthy, wholesome, well-balanced, nutritious meal for their children. It feels homemade and the parents can feel really great about the food they're serving. And, you know, like you mentioned, something like Lunchables, what Yumble aims to do is to be a brand that mom doesn't even have to look at the ingredients because she knows if it's Yumble approved, that it's mom approved. Mm. Um, it's food that I serve my children. And so it's already got that kind of stamp of approval from a mother who values nutrition. I love it. I wish it had been around when my five kids were <laughs> little in at home. But, uh, you know, it's great for, for my kids now that are grown and raising their own families. Um, and I love that this came out of your own experience and your own efforts to meet a, a need for yourself and the recognition that uh, there are other people with this same need. And to me, that's sort of a, an inspirational story for, you know, the listener who's working on developing a, a, a solution to something they're struggling with, and maybe can recognize that, you know, there might be other people you could help with this, there might be, a, this might be something that can turn from just a solution for your household, uh, or for your personal need into something bigger. And that's what it's turned into for you, which is a great thing. Yeah. And I would encourage, you know, anyone who has an idea that comes from a personal pain point, you're probably not alone in it. Um, And that's sort of what my husband encouraged me to just quickly go out and test. But I think when you develop a product that solves your own pain point, it's such a genuine product. And you have such an intuition about both what the problem is and what the solution ought to be. So it gives you a leg up just automatically. Yeah. And it's turned into something, as you've described, that that now is a family uh, venture, which is addresses another issue in modern society, how families seem to kind of often go 
separate directions and not have a lot of time together. And now, you know, with you and your husband being able to work together at this business, um, I think that's an awesome result. Yeah, it really is. And, and like I said, you know, because the problem started with my children, it's helpful having them be part of the solution. Yeah. And I think that it has really made life a lot easier for all of us. There are obviously our days when my kids are disappointed that my husband and I are not home earlier or every evening. But I think at the end of the day, when they're either not cranky or able to have a rational conversation, they realize that, you know, mom and dad are working really hard on something and really trying to help other families. And we, we talk a lot about that. And it's, it's brought up a lot of interesting dialogues in the house, I would say that otherwise we wouldn't have. Yeah. Well, that kind of raises the the question and this is a, a another challenge that a lot of families have a lot of women have who are entrepreneurial or who want to be entrepreneurial or who just have a career and want to sort of find that that balance for lack of a better term between pursuing that career or that business in your case and caring for the family. And, and there are challenges that come with that. So it's a great thing that you're doing. It's, it sounds like it's been good for your family in a lot of ways, but it raises challenges. Any, anyone who's got other things outside the home is going to be having to find ways to manage all of that. So, you know, every person's life's a little different, presents different challenges as far as staying productive, getting those things done that really matter to them. What would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing your life and all these things that we've talked about? Like you said, no two moms are the same. Everybody has their set of challenges or things that come easy to them. Um, and every day is, is different. For me, the challenges are that my kids are still young and especially my youngest Jane, you know, when my, when my older two were her age, I was home every night and I was tucking them in every night and I was feeding them dinner every night. And there's a part of me that, you know, gets a little bit of a sadness when I realize that I don't do that with her every night, but she's so embraced it because of the sort of routine that we've set in place. And so even when she was just three years old, she would say, today's Monday. I know, mommy, you're not going to be home tonight, but I can't wait for Friday because Friday you're going to be home at night. And so setting up the expectations has allowed me to feel less guilty about not being present at certain times, which is certainly one of the challenges that I face. I think there's a lot of pressure on the modern mother to just be a juggler. Mm. And, you know, balls will drop and that's okay. You can pick them back up or you can decide, you know what, this week I can't handle three. I can only do two. And I think it's just, for me, the biggest challenge has been accepting that it's okay to mess up. My children will in the end be a lot stronger and probably uh, more independent and competent children. They have a lot of independence because I'm not always there hovering over them. But that being said, I'm a really, really strong believer again, that, you know, every mother is different. And so not every person needs to be, have a job outside of the house. That doesn't mean their children won't be independent. Right. I think what works for one person is not necessarily what works for the other. And everyone should just be confident that they're doing the best that they can be doing and whatever that entails. Yeah. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. And I, I think one of the biggest challenges a lot of us face as moms uh, and and it's not even just in motherhood, but that's what we're talking. We've been talking about here is just that feeling of of guilt of I'm not doing it right, whatever it is. And I've I've been in 
different stages of life. I was a stay at home mom for a long time. And then I went to law school later in life after I had my kids and and started a law practice. And, and I, when I was, you know, I, I jokingly say that when I was a full-time mom, I was pretty sure I was ruining my kids' lives. And when I went out, you know, and started practicing law, I was pretty sure I was ruining my kids' lives. And I struggled with that all the time. And and what I've learned now that my kids, you know, range in age from, you know, 38 down to 26, I think it'll be 26 next month is kids are very resilient. And uh, what they need most of all is to know they're loved. And if we can convey that to them and show it through our time and our attention and our words, they can bounce back from the mistakes we make. And mistakes are inevitable. I mean, we're human beings. Exactly. I could not agree more. And I, it's funny, I feel the same way because I talk to my friends who are stay-at-home moms and they feel like they are, you know, always getting frustrated or they're losing it with their kids because they spend a lot of time with them. And I feel like, you know, I have so little time and I want to make it perfect and precious and I think what you said is exactly true, which is it's just moms are going to feel guilty. Moms are going to make mistakes, but your kids are are not going to be ruined because of it. Yeah. Um, and, and whichever decisions you choose to make, they as long as you feel kind of confident in your decision and you can convey that confidence and show your kids the love during the time that you are present, uh, that they will be yeah. just fine. Yeah. I, I, that has been my observation over time and it's a comfort, you know, I, I think we just need to be a little, uh, I think we, we are hard on ourselves. We get stressed out because it matters so much to us because we care about being good moms and we care about being, you know, good sisters and wives and, and, business people or whatever we're doing, it matters a lot to us. And so we tend to, uh, there, there's the risk though, that we internalize that uh, uh, and, and make our performance uh, a reflection of our value as a person. And that's just not the case. You know, all, all we can do is the best we can do in any given moment, try to learn from the mistakes and move forward. But as far as parenthood, I really believe our, our kids bounce back pretty quickly as long as, you know, we're there for them when we, when we are there and we show them that we love them. I'm not sure how we got off onto that. That's, but, but you know, I mean, it's, it's an important thing to think about because I talked to so many young moms in particular who are really struggling and feeling like they're doing it wrong. And I think uh, we need to give ourselves a, a little bit of a break there. Exactly. So in terms of kind of the logistics or the the practical aspect of managing these things, you talked a little bit about what your typical day is like, and what's going on there. Are there any particular tools you like or, or use or resources you recommend for managing all of these things, managing your time, keeping track of your commitments and those sorts of things? Yeah, I mean, I'm a very big list maker. I have lists about lists. Uh, I think that they keep me super organized. I keep them all on my phone so that I have them with me at all times. I also spend a lot of my Sunday planning my week, both communicating to my children what the week is going to look like. If I know there's a night that I'm going to be home late. And I, I really try to stick to whatever I've laid out on a Sunday because I find that I get 
kind of flustered if all of a sudden something changes or, you know, there's a change in my kid's schedule, like something like a snow day always throws me off a lot because then my routine is, is kind of thrown up in the air. So I'm a really big believer in lists and in charts. I use charts also for my kids in terms of behavior. I think it's a really, I think from a young age all the way through grownups, it's a very easy way to keep yourself uh, on track and organized. So love, love, love charts. And do you use a particular tool to make those charts or just their Word documents or? I actually do it on Excel. Okay. And then that way I can, because I've I've tried using like pre-made ones or ordering ones. But what I've noticed both for myself and for my kids is that week to week, my expectations change. Mm. And so I like the flexibility to input my own structure to the chart. Yeah. And, um, is there a particular calendar that you use? I think you mentioned that every, you keep things on your phone. Do you use digital calendars for keeping track of appointments and those sorts of things? I do. I use my Google calendar so okay. that it's connected straight to my email. And I have a different color for my work-related events versus, you know, things for my children. And then for my children, I have things that I need to be present for. And then things I just want to remember that they have that like my babysitter will be taking them to Mm -hmm. just so I can feel, I find that if I feel like I don't know what's going on, then I get very stressed. But if I know what's going on and I, you know, I know every day at three 45, I quickly text my babysitter. Did the kids get home from the bus? Okay. I just like to know it's never happened that they don't, but that's sort of my like internal check. So I like having in my calendar, even just sort of like check-ins. Yeah, that's really helpful. I, I'm a big fan of of not trying to keep that kind of stuff in your head, but using the tools that are available, getting things written down, whether it's on paper or digitally out of our heads and into a system that we can rely on and using the nice thing about digital calendars or, or digital task managers for that matter, is you can set alerts that will sort of ping at you. I've joked for years that when it comes to my, my work work, you know, my law practice and that sort of thing, I do what my calendar tells me to do when it dings at me, I go where it's, as I'm supposed to be. And if it doesn't ding at me, I just keep working, (laughs) you know, so really relying on those sorts of tools to keep things going to do some of that thinking, and certainly the remembering for us ahead of time. Totally. And I use it a lot for things like um, annual checkups for my kids. Mm. My the way my pediatrician's office work is you have to call two months in advance Mm -hmm. on the day that the calendar opens, otherwise you don't get the appointment that you want. And so I just have it on an annual you know, reminder. And so then I don't have to remember in January to set Stanley's March appointment. Yeah. Um, Cause how on earth would I remember two months in advance? Yeah. So really utilizing the, the reminders and the repeat settings are really important. And that frees up your mind to do, you know, the more creative and strategic thinking that you need to do both for family and for business kinds of things. A hundred percent. Whenever I feel like I don't know what's going on, that's when I feel like I'm not productive. Uh, and I'm distracted and then I become stressed. Yeah, definitely. So you have a commute. How long is the commute from home to where your, your offices are in Soho? It's about an hour on a good day. Yeah. The nice thing is that you get to in that, uh, that commute 
you're you're not alone. You can it can be time for you to connect with your husband a little bit, which a lot of us don't have. For years, I had a commute about that long here in Texas, from home to where my office was in downtown Dallas, and that was just me. And so I had to find ways to make good use of that time, listening to audiobooks or podcasts or whatever, or just you know letting my mind wander and think. It's nice that you you have a commuting partner that you actually are married to. Yes, it's great. So and we always set agendas talking about lists. We have a joint list for our car ride agendas. <laughs> and they'll range from anything about the kids to plans we want to go out for dinner to work related. You know, we need to sync up on this. Uh, but it is good time to sync up together on all fronts. And we're lucky to have that. There are days when we commute separately. And I find because that's not the regular, I enjoy that time also. But when we are together, we try to make the most of it. Well, but whether or not uh, a couple commutes together, I think that's, you know, it kind of raises a good point that when you've got a lot of things going on in your life, having some sort of regular time to connect with your partner and with whoever it is that you're, you know, sharing a home with or, and the same thing applies in business, having um, regular times to connect with the other people involved to just communicate, to make sure we're all on the same page about who's doing what, when, and those sorts of things. So if you're not commuting together, finding another time in the day or the week to do those things can be really important to having things kind of run more smoothly. Definitely. And so actually what my husband and I do is on the days where we don't commute together, especially now that it's become springtime in New York, we schedule a one hour walking meeting together where we can discuss anything and also get some fresh air and some exercise. Yeah, that's the best kind, maybe the only good kind of multitasking. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's great because you also, when you're, when you're moving and you're not sitting in a, like a office environment, you can allow yourself to think bigger picture. And as founders, it's important to not always be in the weeds, but also be, you know, strategizing and, and thinking farther ahead. Yeah. And so from what I'm hearing from the conversation we've had so far, another thing you do to sort of manage the various roles of your life and to make sure things are taken care of is you're relying on, you found, you found resources and help. So being a subscriber to your own business is, you know, that, that tool having meals delivered that, you know, your kids will eat. uh, That is a tool that you use obviously to manage things because you don't have to spend time cooking that, that piece of it you have outsourced, so to speak, happens to be to your own company, but nevertheless, that kind of tool is available for lots of women. You have, um, you have help with your caring for the kids while you're at work. So how, talk about that, how you found that person, how you made, you know, the decision to do that. I'm eternally grateful to my babysitter, Nancy. As you were saying, the most important thing is for children to feel loved. And I really see that she loves my children as if they were her own. So knowing that they're in loving care was the most important thing to me. Then there were all the logistics. So we live in the suburbs. I really, if I didn't want my children to you know, be left out of after school activities and play dates and things like that. I really needed somebody who I trusted to drive. Hmm. So that was a big decision. And I, I traded off having somebody who lived in our house with us for somebody who can drive, but she does everything in my absence from cleaning to cooking, to caring for my children, to driving them places, to, you know, 
keeping the house stocked if I run out of paper towels or things that are just, you know, it, it frees my mind to do other things, knowing that she's helping so much to take care of everything in the house. I also am very fortunate to have both my parents and David's parents live close by. So they lend helping hands all the time. And like you were saying, again, for my kids, that is like, it's like a treat when they come to visit and help. Sure. So I know that in addition to me getting the help, my kids are also getting an extra dose of love. Yeah. How do you, um, you know, a lot of women struggle with feeling, I don't know if guilty is the right word, but with the idea of getting help of outsourcing some of those things, whether it's uh, help with the kids help with the home, uh, you know, the kinds of things you were talking about that, uh, is it Nancy, you said, um, yes. that she does for you, or even help with, from an assistant at work. Some of us struggle with that. How, how did you ever feel any sort of hesitation to outsource some of those sorts of things at home? Uh, and if so, how did you, if you didn't, how did, how did you get uh, <laughs> your mind sort of wrapped around that? I don't have to do everything. I can, it's okay to have other people do things. I definitely struggled with that for a long time. You know, I came from being a stay at home mom where I did everything house related and child related and wife related for that matter. And it was a very difficult transition filled with a lot of guilt and uh, disappointment in myself that I wasn't able to continue doing all the things that I had been doing. But with a lot of help from David, uh, I realized that if I did want to pursue a career uh, as full time as something like starting a company, that I was going to have to learn that it was okay to let go of some things. It didn't make me a bad mother. It didn't make me a bad homemaker. It didn't make me a bad wife. It meant that I was learning to delegate. And I think that, you know, everyone needs help at different points in time. And that doesn't make you weaker or less competent or a worse mother. I, I would have been way too stressed and I would never have been able to do it. So I would have had to make a choice then to not pursue Yumbo. And I, I hope that the values I'm teaching my children about the importance of, you know, doing what you love and, you know, the mission of Yumbo is to help parents all across the country and make healthy eating accessible to children all across the country. So doing things that are for the better of the larger community, I hope is something that being instilled in my children even in my, what I don't like to call that absence. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting as I'm hearing you describe feelings that I've had, feelings that I've heard other women talk about of having to persuade ourselves that it's okay to do these things and, and it doesn't make me a bad mom or bad wife or whatever. It's interesting to me. What I was thinking as I was hearing that is it's interesting that, we're still having to have those conversations with ourselves in the 21st century. Yeah. And I almost think that, I mean, it's almost more now than it ever has been because the demands on parents and the expectations of, you know, women today is that they should do everything. Yeah. Um, and do it and, well. And right. And nothing should be, you know, neglected, even though there's so much more to do. Yeah. Uh, the expectations on parenting are increased, whether it's, you know, how educated your children need to be in order to get into college or uh, how many languages they should learn and what sports mm -hmm. they should be doing. I mean, there's just endless things that we're expected to provide for our children. And we see it in the rise of dual income households. And I just think that pressure is more and more. 
Yeah. And, and you know, again, healthy eating is on the rise. So parents are not pulling, you know, lean cuisine out of the freezer for their children. They want something healthy. They want, they want to do everything perfectly. Yeah. And so learning to, to give ourselves permission to ask for and accept help, whether it's, you know, from family members, colleagues, or people we pay is, is a skill. I think we all as 21st century women and, and the men for that matter, we all need to learn to be, uh, to be able to do that, to feel good about it and to recognize that it, it's not a reflection on our competence or our commitment or anything else. It's just, you know, it, it takes a village to live a life in many ways. And exactly. uh, yeah, so I love that. Well, given the things we've talked about and the systems you have in place, the tools you use, the, the approaches you, you are taking to doing all these things, I, I have to ask you, as I ask every guest, even with all the, you know, the way you've organized things and all that, do you ever have a day when it when it all gets away from you or you just get stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Oh, God, of course. <laughs> and probably more often, you know, I sound organized and <laughs> like I've got a great system in place and I do, but um, it's like we were saying, every mother feels guilt and every mother feels pulled in a million directions. And so even with all of these pillars in place, uh, there are days that everything feels like it's kind of crumbling. And I feel like, well, I didn't do, you know, I, I screamed at my children this morning and that was my one hour with them before they went to school. They probably had a bad day. So that was terrible. And then I got to work and, you know, I forgot to reply to an email last night. Oh, that was terrible. And there are always these days where it just feels like everything's gotten away from me. And I think the most important thing to do in those situations is to realize that happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, like we've said a million times, nobody's perfect. Um, everyone's going to have hard days, um, and just to get, get back up and get back on track. And I think it's a general lesson in life. You know, there are always going to be ups and downs and highs and lows, and we have to just always find the way and the strength to get ourselves back up whenever we have something that kind of pulls us down. Yeah. What gives you the strength to do that? It usually actually comes when I come back home in the evening and I see my children, resilient and happy and they run to me, you know, they, my favorite moment of the day is when I pull my car into the garage and my children hear the garage open before I've actually kind of fully pulled in and they're peeking through the playroom door that goes to the garage, mm -hmm. um, screaming, mommy, mommy, mommy. They are so excited that I'm home and it makes everything all worthwhile and makes me sort of realize that it's all the important things are, are, are done and taken care of. Yeah. I love that. Um, Joanna, what's on the horizon for you? What's coming up either, you know, personally, professionally uh, that you're excited about and looking forward to? Well, we have a lot of exciting things rolling out at Yumble. So I'm really excited about all of those changes. I'm also really excited to start, you know, being more of a, of a presence and a spokesperson for Yumble. I do believe that I have a lot to share with the modern mother uh, about juggling everything and whether it's healthy eating or developing, you know, healthy eating habits in the home, uh, to general parenting hacks and tips and tricks, um, to talking about the struggles. Uh, I really want to be a leader in the, uh, discussion of modern motherhood and, and helping parents alleviate some of that emotional load that they carry. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to get myself out there a bit more with that. 
And I look forward to just continuing watching my children grow and develop. They're getting to an age where they're every day more and more interesting conversations that we talk about. And they're really developing into young people, which is exciting to watch as well. So a lot of fun personally and professionally. Yeah, your kids are at great ages. I remember those ages with my kids and uh, lots lots of fun things happening. Where can people connect with you online if they want to know more about what you're doing at Yumble or whatever, or just ask a question? Where's the best place for them to find you? So my personal Instagram is Joanna S. Parker. Our website is yumblekids.com. And I'm always reachable via email, which is joanna at yumblekids.com. Awesome. And I'll be sure to put links to all those things in the show notes for this episode and so that people can connect with you. And I encourage the the moms who are thinking, yeah, it'd be nice to have food just show up at my house. Well, here's a resource that can uh, that can help you with that to, to get your get healthy food in front of your kids every evening. Uh, before we go, Joanna, do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for a little help or encouragement in, in getting things done and making a life that matters? What would you say to her? I would say that it's that first step that's the hardest. So believe in yourself, decide you're going to do it and just get started because once you get started, the rest kind of falls into place. And I think overcoming that fear of can I do it is really the biggest obstacle that's in anyone's way. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you so much, Joanna. Thank you, Laura. It was wonderful chatting with you. Well, I really enjoyed talking with Joanna. I learned a lot from her. I am so thankful that she took the time to share her thoughts on how she's managing her life, how she's making a life that matters, and for her great suggestions and encouraging words for the rest of us. Uh, But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Joanna? Any comments on the things that we talked about? You can always share your questions, your thoughts, your ideas in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 242. Or you could post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group if you're a member there. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and I'd love to hear from you. Uh, And speaking of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, if you haven't already done so, please join me there. If you're a woman who listens to the show, uh, I think you'd enjoy it. This is a private group where we can meet up and interact more. We can ask questions, share information, insights, and encouragement. Basically talk about productivity and different things we're doing to make lives that matter. You can find the group on Facebook. It's the Productive Woman Community or go to theproductivewoman.com slash group and click the join button. Um, Be sure to answer the questions so that I know you're actually a woman who's listening to the show uh, and I would love to connect with you there. So check that out. And don't forget, if you're running a small business and could use help with tasks like payroll, taxes, and HR, check out Gusto. They're offering those simple payroll processing benefits and expert HR support all in one place. And as a Productive Woman listener, you can get three months free when you run your first payroll. Try out the demo at gusto.com slash TPW. That's gusto is spelled G-U-S-T-O. So gusto.com 
slash TPW. And thank you so much to Gusto for supporting The Productive Woman. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you for spending this time with me and with Joanna. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I hope you also found something in it that's encouraging or helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. 